Howdy folks, welcome back to the podcast. Today, Katie and I are going to be talking about certain dilemmas we can find ourselves in as parents when maybe our in-laws or our parents do not share our same values and convictions for our home and as a result don't end up respecting various boundaries we have maybe for our children or for our family and how to navigate that because that can be quite challenging and rather annoying as well. And since it is the holiday season, many of you are going to be interacting with family members that you wouldn't otherwise be interacting with throughout the rest of the year. And so this may be relevant to some upcoming interactions you have. I do want to say thank you all so much for supporting this podcast, whether that's by leaving ratings and reviews on iTunes or subscribing to our YouTube channel or sharing it on any social media platforms you might have. That helps our podcast grow. And Katie and I love doing this. We, we, we love growing in our faith. We want to grow more and more in our marriage and in our ability to parent and train our children. And of course, we don't need the podcast in order to do it, but we certainly use this podcast as an opportunity for, for growth in those areas. We love being able to share what we're learning as parents and as Marry, a married couple and as Christians. And so it's really great. It's really great that in my mind, they're able to do it. Anyways, we'll get this thing going. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Well, Elisha, do you notice anything different? About you? Yeah. Your lipstick's a little different. Did you get any lipstick? No, I cut my bangs. By yourself? Well, I just cut them just now. Do you see the hair all over my sweatshirt? Okay, this is embarrassing. So, <laughs> it wasn't the cat that we don't have. So, I, I noticed your bangs. So, they're shorter. So, that's why you have them down. I don't know how to understand women's hair. So, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Well, that's okay. If you just, I just decided to cut my bangs right before I came out. Wow, that's a, a ton of hair. That's a, cr- that's a crazy decision to make. I will say that they, they you look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks. You know, what's funny is we had viewers commenting like a few weeks ago. We're recording currently in the evenings. Not that anyone cares, but we are. That's our new thing. I care. Right now is that we're recording in the evenings now that we can count on Lionel going to bed and staying asleep. But. No, no, no. This is the reason why we're not able to record in the mornings anymore. Do you want to know the reason is? Oh, yeah. Well, well, there were two reasons primary reason is because I, I looked like I just rolled out of bed no matter how early I would get up. I mean, the earliest I got up for the six o'clock recording was four, granted, 4.15 actually. And I wasn't going to go any earlier than that. And it didn't matter. I just looked like a puff daddy. So. <laughs> I thought it was really funny because we had some comments of viewers who were concerned about Elisha and wondering if he was taking steroids mm. uh, because he looked puffy. And so I wanted to put you at ease. He's not taking steroids. It was just the 4 a.m. wake up. Wow. Steroids, huh? Yeah. Got to get those gains. No, I am El Natural. (laughs) Absolutely. Anyways, I was just going to comment on that. I thought it was funny. I'm glad you did. (laughs) We had a good laugh over that. So today we're talking about in-laws and stuff. I think we've briefly touched on this on other like Q&A episodes. I have a hair in my eye and it's probably going to drive me nuts all the time. Um, do I have mascara under my eye? Mm-mm. Okay, great. Um, but we've gotten 
questions about in-laws and navigating those boundaries before. We've talked to this before, but we haven't had a dedicated episode and so it can be hard to search it. And so we continue to get this question and we really don't have an episode to point people to hmm. because it's just buried in a Q&A somewhere. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. well, this came up again in the Q&As and it comes up it comes pretty, up pretty consistently. Free. Yeah, consistently. And it's obviously so hard to answer this in a very personalized way because we don't know everybody's situation. But I do think I can think of various instances we've been in or friends that we have and maybe draw some principles from those. And then also just draw some... Yeah, make, make some statements or establish some principles based off of being your own family. And I think that's something that you and I, again, anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that we, you, you know that we love our families and we come from amazing Christian families that have been a huge support and continue to be a huge support in how we're living our life. And yet we are, we are living differently than both of our families, how, how we are brought up. And that's brought some minor conflict, but I mean, very minor and no, no conflict to the point of, you know, feeling disrespected or like they were going to undermine what we wanted to do with our children, or they're going to be in opposition to it. But we've had some hard conversations with our parents, uh, in regards to things that we're choosing to do differently. And so, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but, but I do think that this question usually comes from people that, maybe have unbelieving parents or they have unbelieving in-laws. And as a result, their values are entirely different than how they were raised. Or, you know, it's something that can be even more challenging, I think, is if your parents are believers, but grew up and, and maybe had a culture in their home that you don't want to perpetuate. You don't want to continue on in the same way that you were brought up. And I know this happens a lot of times when you were a Christian, you were brought up in a Christian home, but you went to public school and maybe both of your parents worked. Then all of a sudden you want to homeschool your kids and then the mom wants to stay home with her children. That can be really hard for those, you know, for the grandparents to see that hap happen. And they're like, what are you doing? Especially if they sent their daughter to college and she's choosing to, to stay at home with her with their children and they're choosing to homeschool their kiddos that can really make a lot of grandparents nervous. I know that that was the case uh, for my parents. And, and so I think that we can kind of speak to some of those different scenarios. Yeah. So that was the case just to clarify with your parents, with their parents. Yes. Um, not, not, not with us. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. But I do think too. Yeah. So like you mentioned, there's the families where you just aren't aligned with your parents. And so you're going to get some heat or flack for that. And then even within a multi-generational dynamic that you want to continue to perpetuate, you guys know that we're big fans of multi-generational family. And if you don't come from a generational line that you want to uh, carry on those values from, you're still able to be the start of that multi-generational line yeah. of faithfulness. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. There's an excellent book we've mentioned here on the podcast before by Jeremy Pryor, who we've also had on the podcast. We can link his episode down below called Family Revision. And it's this concept of even when you are working with a multi-generational dynamic, you're still a family within a family. Yeah. And so because of that, Elisha is going to have some things that he really takes from his family and wants to carry on. I have things that I really appreciate about my family and vice versa. We appreciate things from different sides of the family. Mm. And so the like Katie and Elisha family, even though we're a part of two multi-generational families of faith and we want to carry on that lineage, uh, we are, we're doing things differently and that's yeah. totally okay. 
and very supported. So by our parents. So I guess I'm saying, even if you're coming from this great uh, background that you really appreciate, sometimes you can come from a really strong culture where everybody's doing things one way. And for whatever reason, you want to do things a little bit differently. Yeah. Even if it's not coming to really big issues where you feel like you need to protect your kids hmm. from their grandparents or from the influences that are there. Yeah. Yeah. So diving into some scenarios that we've found ourselves in. And again, this is if our parents listen to this, I hope they know how much we love them and we think they're awesome and like such a great role model on our children and, and us. But if you're if we're going to drop our kiddos off at my parents' house or at your parents' house, I think there is this common understanding like understanding of where it's like their, their house, their rules, obviously as your parent, I think you should make your request be made known. If your kid has allergies or if you really don't want them in front of a screen, you need to voice that and you give them the opportunity to then honor it. But if for instance, there's other people in the house and they really want to watch a game or they're, you know, they've got certain junk food out. You have to also understand that like, okay, this is their house. Like this is going to be a part of their environment. And so if my kid walks by and eats one of the, you know, multi-grain crackers that is going to affect their gluten allergy, you can't be too upset. It's like that, that's going to be, that food's going to be in their house. And you knew that bringing your kid into that environment, similarly with a TV or with a movie being on, you'd be like, Oh, like we're go we're going into their environment and there's an element of their house, their rules. Get a discount when you sign up for what? The Growth Initiative and the Get It All Done Club. The Get It All Done Club is a home management program. Link down below. You could see a free masterclass about everything I teach on creating a peacefully productive home. And the Growth Initiative is about becoming the man that you feel God has called you to be, but you don't have the systems and the support to become it. So if you're looking to grow together this year as a couple, even if it's in two different veins, we encourage you to check out the link below. You'll find a discount to the couples package. And if you want to learn more about either of these programs, you can watch a free free webinar, a free one, a free webinar for either one of the courses. However, I do think you need to voice your your preferences when you bring your children to the house. Would, would you agree? Yeah. And you gave this example when, or you thought of this example, I should say, when you saw a lady in a coffee shop today with her mom. That is, you're right. That is pretty funny. So I was in line or I'd ordered my coffee and, and the, and a, and a, Okay, here we go. You ready? I'm going to tell I'm the story. I'm ready, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Got the fireplace on. Yeah. So I was waiting for my coffee and a lady came in and she was, I don't know, around my age. And then her mom came in later with this lady's two daughters. Okay, so you've got Wait, this grandma. lady wasn't like 55 years old? No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Elisha tells me a story of a woman he sees out in public, she's always like 55 minimum. Well, because you know you stress out if she's any younger. <gasps> I do not. <laughs> Elisha, that's what you assume I would do. Like, yeah, I bumped in, yeah, I bumped into so-and-so. I think they're like 60, 65. <laughs> like, how come every lady you have an interaction with is ancient? <laughs> Maybe not ancient, but you know. Okay, so. So basically, so th three generations, okay? And the grandma was bringing the granddaughters back to their mom. And okay. the kids were maybe like six and three or something. And so they came and they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? Hey, good to see you. Did you have fun with grandma? And they go, yeah. And and they're small talking and, and, they, and they're like, yeah, we watched a movie. She's like, oh, you watched a movie? And she's like, mom, I didn't, you know, like, I didn't want them to, to watch a movie. And it was kind of lighthearted, but at the same time, you could see her disappointment. And the grandma 
was like, oh, we, like we got it was it was really short, you know. They were getting kind of antsy, so I put something on for them, and and I thought how how common of a frustration that probably is for a lot of people that bring their kids to the grandparents' house. However, I do think there needs to be an understanding of like who whose rules we're dealing with here. Like what it's your it's your parent taking the kids, like they are taking care of your children. It's childcare, and if that's going to be an issue then you need to figure out a solution to the child care situation. You don't need to bring them to your, she was probably taking the kids to free up your time, right? So that you Mm -hmm. could go work or you could do whatever. And this actually happened even, I can share the story at our church too. And we love our church, but there was a time where we were doing a small group and the awesome people at our church were taking care of our kids while we were doing the small group. But you know that we don't send our kids to children's church during the, during the main service, but this was a, a different event. And they put uh, VeggieTales on for our kids. And we prefer our kids to not watch VeggieTales or to really not watch anything. They're going to be in that. But kind of specific. I have a specific issue with VeggieTales. With VeggieTales, yeah, especially. And so some parents had a similar concern. And so they made their request to the child care staff. And the child care staff's like, oh, like, sorry, that's just like, that's what we do. And then as parents, we're like, oh, okay, well, I guess we'll figure out a, a different solution. Yeah, we really respected this family who made the request. Yes. The child care uh, providers were like, we've got 45 kids back here. We are absolutely turning on something to help calm them down. Yeah. And so this family brought their children out. And Elisha and I were like, respect. Yes. Like you totally stood by your uh, conviction or, yeah. or preference and Principles. decided you know what? It was a blessing to have these people taking care of our kiddos. Uh, but because it's not being done in the way that we would like, we're going to assume the responsibility for taking them out of that situation. And Elisha and I are like, what are we doing? We could take our kids out too. And so anyways, it was just this really, it, it was a healthy example of when you're experiencing the blessing of someone choosing to help you, then you've got to be there's going to be some leniency there in the way that they help you. Yeah. It's not going to be done exactly how you would do it because you aren't the one doing it. That's exactly right. And, and I think that we've heard of enough scenarios and I can't remember if we've been in this scenario before where maybe you're getting consistent help from an in-law or from a certain set of grandparents and they wash the kids twice a week for three hours. That's a huge blessing right there. That's a gift. And if you if they're doing something that is contrary to your values and they're consistently doing it and you ask them and they and they don't stop it's like well it's your prerogative to be like okay well we're going to find we're going to take our kids back like this is mm-hmm. and and I think that a lot of people aren't quite willing to suffer the loss of the support or the help from from their parents in actually making the decision because it was hard for us like you said it took that other family and that was so inspirational saying in a really gracious way they weren't you know, snooty about it being like, hey, like, well, okay, well, we'll keep our kids with us and we'll give them some coloring books. And we're like, right, we want to do that too. That's awesome. Uh, but we weren't, we, we didn't lead out in that scenario. Yeah, kind of like one way to picture this is when you're still living in your parents' home and you're single and you're living rent-free and whatever and they have a curfew at, at 10 or 11 o'clock or whatever and it's really easy to complain about that. Yeah. You know, just as one example. But it's like, well, you're living in their home. So yeah. just buck up and deal with it. And so there is kind of that element. If we want to maintain certain boundaries that aren't being met, we, and this is the scenario, like it's an optional scenario, then 
the way that we maintain the boundary is by assuming total responsibility yeah. for the children. And that's a very easy way to maintain the boundary. If, if something is happening at the grandparents' house or at the in-laws' house or whatever, and it is not how we would do it, then we could take our children back and do it ourselves. Yeah. And I think we, even with amazing family, you and I still need to be persistent in that because on both sides of the family, we have awesome siblings or in-law, whatever people that will like take our kids and run errands. And mm -hmm. they're like, and there are certain times where when that's nap time, we're like, no, like we still need to be the parent of our kids. Even when we're in those awesome, wholesome, loving Christian environments, we still need to really take ownership and responsibility for our children and their schedules and what they're going to be doing with their time. So anyways, that, that's one example. I don't know if that's a common example or not. I know that that we've heard about, we've heard of that scenario numerous mm -hmm. times. And like you said, you lose some leverage, you lose control, you lose negotiating, uh, I guess, power when you, uh, when you're receiving something mm -hmm. from your in-laws or from your parents, or you're dependent on them for, for something. It doesn't mean you can't make your request made known. You should make your request be made known. But if it's their house, like if it's their pantry, if it's like, it's, it's their stuff. And if they're hosting you for, for dinner multiple times a week, or if they're taking your kids, you know, for, for a few hours every morning, there's going to be some compromise there probably. Yeah. That's the word that was coming to mind. There's going to be some compromise and we're not saying, Oh, so you need to be totally autonomous and not depend on any family or anything like that. But just know that that's kind of baked into the equation yeah. if you're receiving help from somebody. Um, so that's kind of one area of boundaries and then the other area of boundaries is when you aren't seeing family a ton, but when you do see them, you're feeling it's around a holiday or something like that where you you want to get together, but maybe there are unbelieving um, people there or people that you're uncomfortable with. And, or I mean, I'll just share this example from our Thanksgiving. So we have, you know, this big Christian family and I say in air quotes because it's very easy for uh, I don't I don't know every single person in our family individually. Yes. When it comes to extended family, so we were getting together. I feel very uh, aligned with my siblings, mm -hmm. and so we had this little immediate family Thanksgiving, and then. This year, we went to all my dad's side of the family and did a big Thanksgiving with all of my cousins. And I don't even know how many cousins there are, but there's like over a dozen great grandchildren. There's yeah. 40 or 50 Felt like hundreds. cousins. <laughs> there's tons of aunts and uncles and in-laws and boyfriends and girlfriends of different cousins. Yeah. And, and I do not know all these people. And you guys know that growing up in conservative Christian uh, culture, that does not, Elisha and I do not feel that that is a pass in any way to let go of responsibility for caring for our children. And it, often we actually up the ante of our vigilance. Yeah, our vigilance in these situations because it's so easy for people to hide out mm. because they kind of get a free pass because, hey, they're a part of the family or they grew up with the same friends or they grew up with the same value system. Mm. So they kind of get grandfathered in when really you haven't talked to this person for years yeah. and you have no clue where they're at spiritually. You have no clue um, what maybe their kids have been exposed to yeah. or what their comfortability is. And so with this Thanksgiving, it was scheduled that all of 
basically Elisha and I were going to be going out to dinner with a lot of other adults and our children were going to be watched with all these kids and all these people at a different house. And we just didn't feel comfortable with that situation because we, we didn't know a good dozen of the people there right? personally at all, you know? And so even though people might think we're paranoid or whatever, because again, this is such a healthy looking gathering by yeah. all, by all appearances, mm-hmm. you know, and we had no reason to assume anything different. Mm-mm. We just decided, you know, we don't know what all the variables are at play here. So we're going to hire a babysitter and have our kiddos at a different um, home. And if that hiring process didn't work out, then I was just going to stay back with the kids, even though we really wanted to be a part of this dinner. So there are times when in order to keep your, I guess you just need to keep your boundaries for there. I guess I'm, (laughs) wow. Fifth time trying to start this sentence, but there are times when it doesn't matter if it makes other people uncomfortable. You know, people can give you a hard time. Like, what are you talking about? This is all your cousins. This is all your family. Um, and you just got to do what you're comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're the one responsible for your children. Yeah. I, I know that we have so many memories and we laugh about them now, but they were painfully awkward in the moment where there was a group movie night at, at a family gathering like an extended family gathering, uh, whether it was Thanksgiving or Christmas, Easter, whatever. And all of the kids roughly my age are gathering into one room to watch a movie. And it's like, we all gather in there. And my dad's like, Hey, like we're, we're out of here. You guys get out. And we're the, we're the only kids not participating in that, in, in, in that event. And I'm sure that probably happened with you guys too. I was going to say, like, yeah, that was like my childhood. No wonder we relate. No yeah. wonder we're married. And obviously it's kind of awkward and embarrassing in the moment, but boy, as a parent, you have to make that call. You have to be able to stand on your principles and live according to your convictions when it comes to your own children and not be swayed with the flow of the home. Even if it's a, f- a family member that you love, you respect, but they just in this area have a different standard. Well, hey, they have a different standard and you can agree to disagree and love them and and do it in a respectful way, but say, hey, this, this is not what we're going to do. And, uh, and so that happened so many times growing up. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's like, with the instance of us, like getting a different babysitter and there were so many people, no one even like noticed our kids were missing. That was a non-issue this Thanksgiving, but oh, there's other times yeah. when it's like you have the giant family with all the bunches of kids and you're pulling out instead of hanging out at the exactly. movie. I mean, everyone's going to know. Yeah. And it's this obvious thing and you might get heckled for it, or it might even cause some emotional uh, turbulence, for lack of a better word, in the moment. Yeah. I know that that definitely happened when we were growing up with, um, especially my mom's side of the family, because we just were younger cousins on that side of the family. On my dad's side, we were kind of the older ones. We mm. set the standard. But my parents were really keeping us young in, in what I think was a healthy way. They are keeping us very protected at the time. And I had a lot of older cousins who were just, you know, the, they were going to watch a movie that my parents decided just they didn't want their 11-year-old, 10-year-old, whatever scene. Yeah. And our sleepovers, all the cousins were camping out in the living room and we were going home. And I know my mom ended up in tears multiple times. Mm. Uh, because she was given such a hard time about the decisions she was making. And just like, you're crazy, you're having all these kids, they're going to end up totally um, unsocialized or awkward or um, just like poorly adjusted. And at the end of the day, my parents had to deal with that, but love the 
love the love everybody in the meantime yeah you know what i'm saying like just be like okay they they weren't doing this i guess you could definitely do this in a way that burns relationships right and yeah, kind of be on your high people. horse. Yeah. And, yeah. You could do it in this self-righteous way. And it's very hard to come back from that. Yeah. But when you are humbly doing something because it's best for your family and you're just taking flack as a result of that, then those relationships if, if can be incredible in the long run. Yes. And I can speak to that now as an adult. And I have, I'm just so incredibly blessed by all my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, on that side of the family mm -hmm. and we live totally different we are the weird ones growing up but now we're like really close friends mm -hmm. and there's no bad blood there and my parents are totally respected for the way that they raised us at this point because you know we, we turned out okay yeah. <laughs> better know? than okay in my mind but like time will tell for some of these things mm -hmm. so you just don't want to say anything that you regret in the situation wow. that you can't take back you kind of have to just take eat it mm -hmm in the moment, whatever's coming at you instead of retaliating. And then just let time, time go by, you know, family is forever. Yep. And there are years and years and years for misunderstandings to work out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great, that's a great word, Katie, babe. And then I think of the scenario where, um, it might not even be a, a respecting of boundaries as much as it is just exposing your kids to something that you wouldn't, you'd rather them not be exposed to at a particular age. Maybe you've got the cousin or the relative that's a homosexual, or you've got the, you know, the girlfriend that's living with the boyfriend and, you know, and they're coming to Thanksgiving or they're coming to Christmas and you're like, man, I, or, or you got the alcoholic, you know, uncle that's coming, whatever, mm -hmm. all those scenarios that can occur at a family gathering. And I do think that there needs to be a discernment in the parent and knowing the age of your kid, right? Knowing how, where are they at? How susceptible are they to certain ideas and displays of what's right and, and what's wrong. Now, I think that as a Christian, it it seems like it's incumbent upon us as family members to be the, the Christian voice, to be a part of that family gathering. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're an adult, to be able to sit at that table with the unbelieving uh, relatives and to be able to to share Christ, to, you know, mm -hmm. to speak your, your values and to speak the truth in love. Uh, but then at the same time, it can be dangerous depending on the age of your kids. It's like, well, where are they at in, in their journey of faith, right? Just like mm -hmm. we don't want to send them off to the to the public school to be, you know, evangelists. Similarly, depending on where they're at in their development, bringing them to a table where there's all sorts of, you know, uh, godless lifestyles or people that don't, you know, serve the Lord or and they're not believers, that can also be challenging for a young believer in their worldview. Or at the same time, it can present amazing learning opportunities and teaching opportunities as a parent. So I do think that one really mm -hmm. just requires just a ton of discernment from, from the parent. And I think the goal should be to equip your kids so that at a particular age, when they, when they are older, that they are able to engage with whatever their homosexual cousin and to be able to speak the truth in confidence and in love and yeah, have a relationship you, there. Like that's not a theoretical, that's how it is for you. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And all your cousins. And yes. There isn't on your side of the family. It's not, it's not everybody's, you know, yep. a professing believer. Yes. Yeah. And, but, but, you know, expecting that from maybe an eight or nine or 10 year old might not be wise. Yeah. Right? It's interesting because I think of that with our young children. And sometimes I think little children see things so much more black and white. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy 
and they just take your word for something. If you tell them it's sin or you tell it, tell them it's um, against God's word, then maybe a 12 or 13 or 14 year old that is maybe questioning their parents a little bit more and hasn't been grounded in the early years or doesn't have a good relationship with you and is looking for another role model or someone else to cling to and Mm -hmm. follow because maybe they're going through a stage of rejecting uh, a parent's opinion. And so I think that could be a far more, yeah, that could be a far more dangerous situation for something like that. Um, if you don't have your child's ear and you don't have your child's heart then and they're just seeking instead of secure in what they believe. Especially because that's the thing. I think of family gatherings, especially when they're big, you want to be the helicopter parent maybe to some extent and to know where your kids are at. But at some point you end up in a different room as your parents and all the kids are talking or the some kid oh, yeah. has their phone out or some kids telling a joke or telling a story like that is an inevitable part of family holiday get togethers. Mm-hmm. And, and so there does need to be a ton of discernment on what that environment is you're bringing your kids into. Uh, yeah. and, and, and like you said, if it's a season where you're like, man, we can't participate in, in family holidays, then hopefully you can, you can do that in love and, um, and maintain at least on some level a relationship with whatever those older family members are, you know, that you want to maintain a relationship with. I don't know. Yeah. There's certain things too, that can be very helpful for maintaining a healthy relationship while you're going through the bumps of practicality in a certain season. Mm. So like if you're keeping your children home a lot more in a certain season, then we've again mentioned this. This is something that my dad really has encouraged all us kids in when we get married is, Hey, if you're ever, doing something differently than your in-laws, be very proactive in loving them and reaching out to them on your terms. And I, at this point, I just really feel like all of us have been blessed with incredible in-laws. I feel like my in-laws are second parents, Mm. but I do think that's really good advice Mm. where if the ball is totally in the in-laws court, and they're asking for the grandkids to come spend the night at their house. And they're asking to take the grandkids to, you know, hang out with their cousin somewhere. And you're just not comfortable with that. It's hard because you're saying no, 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 no. And that feels very unloving to them. They want to hang out with their grandkids. So if you could be proactive and instead open up opportunities that do make you feel comfortable and invite them, you know, hey, can you guys come over for dinner and hang out? We, you know, the kids would love to see you or we're going to this event. Could you come with us? We'd love that. Um, Inviting them into your life, having the kids write them letters or send them videos or FaceTime or do things where you are inviting them in, in spaces that you feel comfortable. It's, it's, it can be a big blessing to both sides. That's cool to think about Katie. And I think that you can apply that to so many relationships in life. I know we're talking mm-hmm. about family and that's really empowering to think about being the leader, taking action and being proactive and uh, facilitating maybe grandparents or aunt and uncles being with their grandchildren or with their nieces and nephews in an environment that you like going back to who's in control of the environment, like who, whose yeah. turf are we on here? And when you're able to really control that and yet be the hospitality house, be the the house that has the, the values lived out, not only do you get to, you know, monitor your children and you really get to dictate whether there's going to be a movie on or what the food is going to be and where the conversation is going to go. Uh, you also just get to be proactively, a, you proactively get to be a blessing to, mm-hmm. to your family and you get to then show what your home looks like, why you're living out these values. And, and I think that, you know, going to that category that I mentioned too, where you have Christian parents or Christian in-laws, but you've got 
different standards than what they have, I do think it is crucial to really be able to show them why it is you're doing what you're doing. And not only does it help give them insight into your values and your in your convictions, but it also helps you refine them between between you and your spouse. Uh, like if you're going to be a weirdo screen-free family, you know, like us. Uh, no, our, our, both of our parents think that's awesome. To be able to have your uh, family over and be like, oh, cool, our kids get to play their piano song for them. They get to whatever, recite their poetry or write them a picture. That's going to be a huge blessing to the grandparents or to the aunts and the uncles. And they're not going to be worried about them not being socially you know, whatever, connected with other kids when they see what you're teaching them and, and how you're bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And it is just, it's a great goal too. Like not, we're not raising our kids to impress their in-laws or to impress their parents, but having things like parents or in-laws to train your children, using them as a, as a training, um, like tool kind of be like, Hey, you know, grandma and grandpa are coming over tonight. I want you to practice your song, practice introducing it, stand up straight, put your shoulders back. Okay. Speak clearly, get your hand out. No, don't put your hand at your mouth, put your hands down. <laughs> uh, don't, don't giggle while you're introducing it. That's, those are really great opportunities just for self-development in each one of your kids. Yeah. And that is something that I've really seen my parents do with, uh, different relationships that have been harder in the family is instead of totally withdrawing, which is what we want to do when we aren't getting along with somebody or we feel like they're overstepping or something like that is to reach out more to them. Yeah. And it, it's like almost backwards, mm -hmm. but it's a whole like fighting fire with fire. I kind of think of it as a, a backburn mm. a little bit. You're starting that backburn. Yeah. Um, That's a good visual. So, I like it. <laughs> so anyways, that could be helpful. And then just because this is a conversation on boundaries, when it comes to card conversations that do need to be had, or even boundaries like when we do leave our children at one of our parents' house, there's different things with both of our parents that would be where our preferences would slightly differ. And Elisha's the one to communicate those. Hmm. Um, like, okay, we don't want the kids down near the pond or, mm -hmm. you know, or there's certain like safety things that are maybe specific to our family. Yeah, we don't want them playing on the highway, you know, weird things like that. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. I do know though. what you're saying. Yeah. And I do, I do appreciate that. Um, there, we have certain safety boundaries that say like my family's totally willing to honor, mm -hmm. but that doesn't, they don't have the same safety boundaries. Exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. Water is a big one for us. We could go through a whole list of things that are important to us that might kind of get overlooked by mm -hmm. one of our families when we're dropping them off because of maybe the comfort that everybody else has there. <laughs> in yeah. that home. Uh, but I do, uh, I personally feel the responsibility to really take the lead on mm -hmm. that and making sure our kids are situated and our expectations are communicated, even when it's your side of the family. Of course, yeah, you support yeah. me and you'll bring up various things, but whether we're leaving kids at like our kids at my parents or your parents, I really like to lead out and be like, Hey, this is, this is what we don't want them doing. This is what we do want them doing. Obviously you, you, I realize the, you know, the, the what's it called the power dynamic here the uh, like they are watching our kids for us like we get two mm -hmm. nights away you know at the beach because they're watching our kids so we're grateful we're we're gracious and we're saying but hey could you could you be sure that you know when all the cousins yeah. are off doing this that you one of you is always with our kids if they're going to be down at the pool or if they're going to be going to feed the chickens i don't want lawrence wandering off you know because it's close to the pond or whatever and that's just 
Elisha's role as a protector and head of our home, he's always just that hedge of protection and that barrier, even when it comes to close family relationships. You're the one that if there is conflict, you're helping navigate that at the front, regardless of whether it's my family or your family or whatever. He's the one that takes the lead on that, even though I could provide insight for my family or whatever. And that's something that we hear a lot from listeners is they can start to feel like um, they're having, yeah, they're like kind of on opposite sides of their spouse and the parents are maybe manipulating the spouse. And just like how we're one unit with our children, we are one unit when it comes to our parents' relationships too and our in-laws' relationships. We're just, we're one. And if you have a really close relationship with your mom or you have a really close relationship with your dad and maybe they're using that to kind of twist something or maybe you're using that, that's just a really unhealthy dynamic. So you want to get very aligned in your communication when you're communicating to two parents because maybe one of you is more of a pushover and so you're parents or your in-laws ask you to do something with the kids and you say yes and now your husband's the bad guy or vice versa and so having there be that one voice is going to really help clear things up yeah and and stop manipulation yeah and i do think it needs to come from the 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 head of the home the husband yeah because regardless of whether or not you are well regardless of who's going to be the point of um contention right like you said who's going to be the one that's more likely to be manipulated i think the husband and wife need to get on the same page, and then regardless of whose family it is, the the husband presents that in a clear, concise way. And again, I mean, obviously, the wife is a huge part of that. They they are they are equally involved. It's just the husband presenting. Yeah, it's not it like that I way. don't talk to my parents, or whatever. You know, like I call yeah. my mom all the time, or whatever. We don't have, but she's not trying to manipulate me with our relationship. Yeah. So, if if that was the case, then that would be. That'd be a different conversation. And and also just realizing one last thing is something that my parents did that I think was great was like we were, we had one sweet a week or whatever. We were pretty strict on sugar growing up. And I really appreciate that now. But something that they had was grandparent privileges. Mm-hmm. And they told my grandparents that, hey, this is what we're doing in our home, but you have grandparent privileges. And so... It is what it is. If you say the kids can do something, they can do it because you're the grandparent. Mm-hmm. But it puts that responsibility, like almost how you would do that with a child, where mm-hmm. you're like, this is what I would do, but this is your decision. Mm-hmm. Maybe when they're in their teens or something like that. It makes them think, instead of saying, you have to do this, mm-hmm. it lets them be the fun grandparent. Yes. But it also lets them know what the children are used to, what their typical threshold is. Mm-hmm. And so they get to be the fun grandparent, but they also... Uh, had that responsibility of treating that that wisely. I That's guess. great. I mean, if you're able to do that with your grandparents, I love that perspective because it does kind of eliminate that. Uh, I don't that that petty, like, competitive. Yeah. Like, oh, well, your parents don't, they don't care. You know, like yeah, you can exactly. have another treat or, well, they're no fun. You know, I'm going to let you do this. And because you hear that attitude a lot of times from grandparents to their, to their kids. And then you hear the disrespect from the parents to their kids where they're just not honoring their parents. Like, why are you doing that? You know, like we're trying to keep this standard in our home and it gets really, uh, I don't know, p- kind of petty like that. And so when you, as the parent, it, it, that's you. Like you're, you're being proactive. You're like, yeah. It counts back to this. Be, be as proactive like are, as you can. We are still the head. boss of our children. This is, we are now 
putting the ball in your court. You get grandparent privileges. This is what we do in our home. This is our request. But, you know, I know y- y- many grandparents like look forward to that stage for the sake of yeah, being able to so, spoil their grandkids. So they should be able to spoil them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, but instead of having them pitted against you, let yeah. them know that you're comfortable with them spoiling your kids. Yes. And I th- think that that is, even if it goes outside of what you're comfortable with, with certain things, if it's not going to, you know, kill them or expose them to something that's totally terrible. It was so funny. I remember we left our kids at my parents' house um, for an overnight thing. And we weren't, I don't think we were like strictly screen free at this time, but we weren't watching a lot of movies. We didn't like it when our kids watched movies. And uh, I think it was like the third, it was a few nights that we were gone because we were gone in Hawaii. And it was a third or fourth night. And my dad's like, hey, you know, just so you know, we put a show on for the kids tonight. I was like, oh, that's totally fine. And I can remember like our kids getting back. And I was like, oh, did you guys watch the movie? And they're like, oh, it was so boring. It was just this guy talking about like the birds and the plants. And they put on just like this, you know, old, old Christian science video for our kids. And I thought that was that was so sweet. But the point is, is that like my parents knew what we were doing, you know, and they, they knew what, what we were trying to do with our children. And um, I don't know why I was telling that story. <laughs> it seemed like it related to what to what you were saying. Oh, but that was like a treat for my parents. My parents, they presented it to our kids that night. Like they're really missing us. They're like, okay, well, we're going to do something special tonight. I wanted my parents to be able to feel that. I mean, again, they're, they're doing us a huge favor. They're taking care of our children. And I want them, yeah, to be able to... If, the kids are getting run down. They're missing mommy and daddy. We'll say, well, tonight we're doing something special. We're going to put a movie on and listen to this guy talk about science, you know, in yeah. a really boring way. And what's funny is when with our in-laws, often we can point the finger when it comes to boundaries and be like, they're the problem. They're the reason we can't keep boundaries in our with our relationships or with our families. But really, I love as often as possible to be able to shoulder a hundred percent of the responsibility because if we can do that, then we have control of the situation. Yeah. And so just kind of reframing the context of this relational dynamic and thinking, okay, if we are feeling this way with these boundaries, we need to get more secure and more autonomous and more aligned and more clear on our vision as a couple hmm. and as a family. And we need to be stronger as a family. Yes. And so that way we have more bandwidth to be able to have these conversations. We have more bandwidth to reach out. We can be the ones hosting. We can be the ones that are pouring into people. And even if these relationships are taking from us and are exhausting and fatiguing, um, we need to be aligned in our communication so we can be clear and direct. And maybe we need to stop accepting help from our parents because in the end, it's not really helping us. Mm. And so we need to solidify just ourselves. We need to be the stable ones. Yeah. And I think that that always serves family, whether it's an unhealthy dynamic or in a healthy dynamic, the more stable that a family unit can be on its own within an other families, the healthier it's always going to be for everybody, for everybody. And so being able to have that reach out from independence instead of this, maybe codependence, Mm. I think just the relationships end up a lot healthier. You don't get manipulated. You don't get uh, twisted or over a barrel and you're able to be able to delight in those relationships as it, as it's healthy. I love that, Katie. And I love it as a goal, something to work towards. And Mm -hmm. you might not be able to get there tomorrow because that could be, there could be numerous, uh, fastest that maybe you're financially dependent or maybe you're living with a certain with a fam with in-laws or or you're like you said you're dependent upon child care 
from them, but it's really good to think about working towards, hey, we are self-sustained. We have our own culture, our own family. We're the ones that are having dinner seven nights a week at our house and we're cooking mm-hmm. and we can invite our family to our home unit and we get to really be the the culture shapers and the culture creators from this place. But when you don't have that, you are susceptible. You are, like you mm-hmm. said, very um, codependent on on some on to some degree. So it's fun to think about working towards that. And it's not for the sake of isolating. It's yes. for the sake of over overflow and pouring out and, yes. and being able to serve from a place of strength. And it's the same thing relationally because I think often in laws can overstep boundaries in marriage because that marriage unit is not tight. It's not one, it's not aligned, and there's space for manipulation to happen in there. Yeah. Where if that's just not an option, it, it eliminates a lot of problems. Yeah, that's good. There you go. That's that's, that's our We're gonna do it. that's our hot take on in-laws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.